Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 30 of Revelation chapter 13. We're going to be reading verses 15 through 17. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. And I'll stop reading there. And we've been discussing Revelation 13 for several weeks uh, at this point. And in verse after verse after verse, God is describing the judgment which began on the house of God, the judgment on the churches during the 23-year Great Tribulation period that concluded on May 21, 2011. And the image of the beast, we know the beast is another name for Satan, who has been loosed to rule within the churches and congregations. And the church, the corporate church uh, that's found in the nations of the world, the, the uh, outward, visible corporate church, the Lutheran, the Catholic, the Episcopalian, the Presbyterian, the independent church, the house church, at every church in the world, no matter uh, which denomination or where it's located, that corporate body, 100%, not 99, but 100% of the churches in all the world have taken upon themselves the image of the beast. Because Satan is the spirit that is set up, that is established within the midst of the church as God's spirit uh, departed and left the church at the beginning of the Great Tribulation back in May 21, 1988. And Satan's spirit is, is the spirit that remained in the church during those 23 years. And so the church began to take upon itself the characteristics of Satan. What is the chief characteristic of Satan? He is a liar from the very beginning. He's the father of lies. He told Eve lies in the Garden of Eden to deceive her into eating of the fruit of the forbidden tree. And he was successful Eve and then Adam did eat and as a result Adam and Eve began to serve Satan he he won the spiritual battle over them if they had been obedient to the commandment of God they would have continued in service to God but since they disobeyed God and did the bidding of Satan and what he would have them to do in transgressing the law of God and eating of that tree, then Satan began 
to spiritually rule over mankind, and mankind was given rule over the world. Therefore, Satan was basically given the rule over the nations of the world, because if he ruled over man and man ruled over the nations, well, then obviously he he must rule the nations. And so, at the cross, Satan was bound for the figurative thousand years, and then the Bible says at the time of the end, he must be loose for a little season, and he was. And as soon as he was loosed, immediately, straight away, he went in to the church, took his seat as the man of sin, sitting in the temple. And to sit in the Bible is a word that means to rule. Sitting, showing himself that he is God above all that is worshipped or that is called God. He he desires, his pride has always wanted to be like God. And now, finally, at the end, for that little season, for those 23 exact years, he shows himself he is God. He receives the worship of mankind in the church that the Lord Jesus Christ established and and that's what's going on here in Revelation 13 with this image that's made of the beast and to the beast. And the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, we we talked a little bit about the image speaking. It, it uh, That word speak is translated as preached in some places. And that fits with the image of the beast being the corporate body, the New Testament churches, there's preachers, emissaries of Satan, and therefore each Sunday during the period in in which Satan now is in the church and God is left, during that period, it's his ministers, Satan's ministers of righteousness, apostles of um what's it say let me read in second corinthians 11 second corinthians 11 verse 13 for such are false apostles deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of christ and no marvel for satan himself is transformed into an angel of light therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Notice it says, his ministers, his servants, not God's. God is not done service by by the pastor who remains in the church once God ended the church age. Um, the elder is not doing any service to God when God has uh, declared that the church age is over, nor the deacon nor any church authority. They are operating without the official blessing and authority of God. That authority has been removed. Uh, God stripped it from them, at, again, at the end of the church age, back in 1988. Now, the pastor and the elder and the deacon are still operating. They're still uh, performing their roles and and still preaching, still exercising authority within the congregation, by the power and authority of Satan during that great tribulation period. Not by the power of God. And 
and therefore they are his ministers. They're, they're not the ministers of God. Well, well, the, uh, as Revelation 13, 15 says, uh, the image is made of the beast and it should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now this immediately reminds us of what we read in the book of Daniel. If we turn back to Daniel chapter 3, Daniel 3, and I'm going to read a good portion of this chapter. Let, let me begin in verse 1 of Daniel 3. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors and captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up, and whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There's many similarities to what we're reading in Revelation 13 concerning the image of the beast that is made and has the power to speak. And whoever does not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And this historical record in the book of Daniel of King Nebuchadnezzar, king over the Babylonians, and King Nebuchadnezzar is a type and figure of Satan. In Isaiah chapter 14, it says in verse 4, that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, how has the oppressor ceased, the golden city ceased? And then in in that context, God is saying it's a parable concerning the king of Babylon. We read in verse 12, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will set also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And we could, but we won't, we, we could compare those statements with Second Thessalonians 2 as it describes the man of sin taking his seat in the temple. And it would be a very close match because the man of sin is picturing Satan. The king of Babylon here in Isaiah 14 is picturing Satan. 
the, the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, in Daniel 3, who, due to um, previously having a dream of an image that Daniel, the, the child of God, the, the Hebrew, Daniel interpreted by um, the wisdom of God. God gave him understanding of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And then uh, it, it's really no surprise that in the very next chapter in Daniel 3, Nebuchadnezzar suddenly wants to make an image, an image of gold. In his dream, Daniel had said that the image was related to Nebuchadnezzar. So this image of gold is a very personal thing to him. We we could understand that he is very closely identified with this image in his mind. Uh, for people to bow down and worship to the image is uh, in basically bowing down to him and uh, recognizing his sovereignty. And, and so... It's decreed that everyone, no exception, everyone must bow down to the image of King Nebuchadnezzar. And and then uh, when the musical instruments begin to sound. Now that's an interesting side note about Daniel 3. The musical instruments are listed four different times. And in verse 5 we read... Uh, at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, that's two, harp, three, sackbut, four, psaltery, five, and dulcimer, six. You uh, must fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king set up. So six musical instruments are listed by name, and four different times God repeats the musical instruments. Three times, six musical instruments are listed, but one time, only five musical instruments are listed. So when we add that up, four places, and it's six plus six plus six, which is 18, plus five, which is 23. And the number 23 has everything to do with the Great Tribulation period as the actual Great Tribulation in in God's times and seasons worked out to be an exact 23 years. And so by listing the musical instruments in the way that he does, and then uh, very carefully, God does nothing accidentally, omitting one instrument in one of the four times that those uh, uh, verses are given. One of the four times the instruments are listed. God comes up with the number 23 to emphasize this is picturing the time of the Great Tribulation. During the Great Tribulation, the king of Babylon, Satan, will make an image. Now, isn't that exactly what we read in Revelation 13, as Revelation 13, the entire chapter throughout is describing the Great Tribulation. And, and the beast, uh, has an image made unto him. And, and now that confirms that we're understanding the image of the beast correctly. 
Satan is typified by that beast. Nebuchadnezzar typifies Satan. And he is making an image. And we read in verse 15 at the end of Revelation 13, and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, what's the consequence in the land of Babylon long ago if someone were to dare not to worship the image of the beast? Well, we read it. It it said in verse 6 of Daniel 3, And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And the reference to hour is also not a coincidence because God likens the Great Tribulation to an hour, to one hour. So at the time that the image is made and the musical instruments begin to sound to signal, now you must bow down, you must bend the knee. You, you must submit to the king of Babylon and, and worship him. And again, let me read 2 Thessalonians 2 at this point. 2 Thessalonians 2 in verse 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And that's that's what it's all about. That's what Nebuchadnezzar ultimately in his pride and arrogance is desiring. He wants to be worshipped. Bow down. Bow down to me. And that uh, bowing down has a lot to do with worship. To bend the knee. To prostrate ourselves. To lower our heads. And, and place our knees upon the ground. You are in submission to the one. Or to the thing that you are bowing down to. To the image made unto the beast. If you do not worship the image of the beast, there is only one one commandment for you. You should be killed. That's what Revelation 13.5 says. Anyone that, that does not worship this image should be killed. That's what Nebuchadnezzar decreed. Anyone that does not fall down and worship the same hour will be thrown into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Well, if we go back to the historical account, uh, as some Chaldeans um, noticed, that there were some Jews, a very few, just just uh, three that are mentioned, that refused to bend the knee. In verse 8 of Daniel 3, Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews, They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, has made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, 
that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews, whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. From this we can see that there were true believers. These three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were faithful to God. They, they were faithful even under the threat of death. They were willing to die rather than bow down in submission to an idol, to this golden image that was set up by King Nebuchadnezzar. And that pictures true believers that will not serve the image of the beast during the time of the Great Tribulation. And it it basically is indicating God's people will say, all right, very well, uh, you say I will die, and, and if that's the case, I still will do things God's way. But God is able to deliver me if it be his will. And I must do the will of God, no matter the consequences, no matter um, the danger uh, of your threat and the idea of death. Uh, very well, I must be obedient to the word of God. I cannot deny the scriptures. I cannot deny God's commandment. And God has commanded, thou shalt not bow down to any other God than him. Let me read from Exodus 20, where the Ten Commandments are listed. And it says in verse 2, I am Jehovah thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. 
For I, Jehovah thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. There, there was no question at all, according to the law of God, according to the Bible, that bowing down to that golden image would have been an act of idolatry, of idol worship. It would have been in direct contrast to what the Bible says. Now, uh, um, were there Jews that did bow down? Well, more than likely, there were uh, thousands of Jews in Babylon. And and even though it doesn't specifically state that there were Jews, we, we could probably speculate a little bit and gather, yes, there was people from many nations in Babylon and many captives. And in all likelihood, it, it, if they were not truly saved, the Jews, if uh, a man is a natural man, he's going to just think of self-preservation and he's going to do whatever the ruler of the land that has taken him captive wants from him. You want me to bow down? Okay, I'll bow down. And more than likely, um, the individual will just justify it in his mind. This doesn't mean anything. Uh, I'm not truly worshiping. I'm just trying not to die. And, and, and they would reason that way. But for the true believer... The, the true believer cannot reason that way. We God's word uh, is too important to us. We cannot deny the word of God. We cannot go against the word of God. You know, in the churches, that's really what others wanted the child of God to do. Rather than make waves, rather than make a big deal about the the woman teaching during Sunday school, or make a big deal about the single man who's a deacon, or make a big deal that the pastor is divorced, or make a big deal uh, about this point of doctrine or that point of doctrine. Why don't you just go along? Why don't you just fit in with everyone else in the congregation, and we'll be so much happier. We'll all be content. We'll all be um we'll we'll be that one body we'll uh, we'll worship god in unison we'll have unity of the spirit why do you have to um uh, cause trouble why do you have to keep mentioning these things these doctrines that uh, when you see a problem in the church just just let it go and you, you see that is the attitude of the congregation, especially over the course of the Great Tribulation period, those 23 years, it was, let's just get along. Let's go along and get along. Uh, we, we shouldn't be instigators and, and keep annoying the pastor and the elder with these little points of concern regarding doctrine. Let's just bow down. Let's just fall on our knees and submit to whatever it is we're hearing. This is a, this is a reasonably faithful church and it's hard to find better and it, it's comfortable. It's a nice building and more people are coming in and so forth. No, the true believer like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego 
refuses to submit, refuses to compromise, refuses to bow the knee. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.